Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 13th of October, 2020. Um, our readings for this morning are Psalms 5 and 6, Jonah 1, 1 through 17a, Acts 26, 24 through 27, 8, and the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture, and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O God. Give heed to my sighing. Listen to the sound of my cry. My sovereign and my God, for to you I pray. O God, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil will not sojourn with you. The boastful will not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. God abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful. 
but I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in awe of you. Lead me, O God, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouths. Their hearts are destruction. Their throats are open graves. They flatter with their tongues. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of their many transgressions, cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, so that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O God. You cover them with favor as with a shield. Psalm 6 O God, do not rebuke me in your anger, or discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O God, for I am languishing. O God, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror, while you, O God, how long? Turn, O God, save my life. Deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. They grow weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For God has heard the sound of my weeping. God has heard my supplication. God accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall turn back and in a moment be put to shame. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Jonah. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 17a. Now the word of God came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of God. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of God. But God hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty wind came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. 
So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am a Hebrew, he replied. I worship God, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of God because he had told them so. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the, sun, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried out to God, Please, O God, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O God, have done as it pleased you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared God even more, and they offered a sacrifice to God and made vows. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, A Song of Pilgrimage Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her, therefore I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her, therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 26, verses 24 through chapter 27, verse 8. While he was making this defense... Festus exclaimed, You are out of your mind, Paul. Too much learning is driving you insane. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking the sober truth. Indeed, the king knows about these things, and to him I speak freely. For I am certain that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Agrippa said to Paul, Are you so quickly persuading me to become a Christian? Paul replied, Whether quickly or not, I pray to God that not only you, but also all who are listening to me today might become such as I am, except for these chains. Except for these chains. 
Then the king got up, and with him the governor and Bernice, and those who had been seated with them. And as they were leaving, they said to one another, This man has done nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to the emperor. When it was decided that we were to sail for Italy, they transferred Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Embarking on a ship of Andromitum that was about to set sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and allowed him to go to his friends to be cared for. Putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. After we had sailed across the seas, sea that is off Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship bound for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Cretus. And as the wind was against us, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salome. Sailing past it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith Blessed be the God and Creator of our Savior Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory, so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about twelve years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. And although she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. 
While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any more. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him, except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to mostly focus on our Gospel reading today, but before I go there, I want to talk about the concept of of quest. You know, we have these two sea voyages that um, our characters, I guess is an okay way to say it, in our scripture readings today are embarking on. We've got Jonah and his um, doomed to failure sea journey where he's trying to run from God. And then we have Paul's sea journey where he is being transferred to the emperor um, imprisoned, although it seems like his captors are more kindly than his community, who are the ones who have imprisoned him. But it just made me think about, <laughs> made me think about sea voyages. <laughs> and it, it made me think about the hero's quest. I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast the other day talking about her time at Pixar and how she found that at Pixar, they modeled all of the stories out of the archetypal hero's quest. Um, the podcast was really about the the effing second day. <laughs> and, and that second act of the play or the second act of the hero's quest. But I think that, I think that there's something to this that we are all kind of living out our sacred stories, our... our own archetypes and there's been there are whole like groups and ministries on just those two phrases sacred stories is one and archetypes is another but I think this this adventure this this questing I think our human hearts kind of thirst for this and it might be the reason that we that we try to make adventure in places where maybe it's not really appropriate. I think it's why we try to make an adventure out of war. And I think, I think that there are better ways of doing this. I think that in a simple way, the summers I spent in the mountains at a Quaker camp, hiking and rock climbing and canoeing, and spelunking and surviving. (laughs) 
spoke to this desire for adventure, this, this questingness inside me. I don't know that we give each other enough space to do that or maybe that we acknowledge it enough. Those of you know, who know me know that I made this really big deal about it when my son turned 13. We celebrated for weeks and we talked a lot about coming of age and transitions and adventuring. And even now we try to see the, I say even now, like it's so much later, he's 14, <laughs> but we try to see the adventure in things, you know, like him taking the subway on his own and getting from place to place and, and the independence, you know, that, that, that journey is. I think we would do well to mark the journeys to seek adventure in ways that are holy and transforming. Cause like anything else, if we don't fill the void, it sucks other things in and we want to be intentional about what we use to satisfy our holy desires, right? Like anything else it can become twisted. And so I pray that, that we may find our wonderful, sacred, holy, adventurous journeys. Was that enough adjectives? <laughs> and, that, and that we may so be intentional about the paths on which we place our feet, the journeys on which we undertake, the journeys which we undertake that that we may be walking the way of God and that God may be our adventure companion on these journeys. Holy Spirit, warn us when in our thirst for adventure, which our thirst for romance is part of, I think, by the way, but warn us when we're getting off track and show us the wildness of our own hearts. Guide us into the sacred adventure of knowing our own selves. Amen. Now let's talk about our gospel reading a bit. So, there is a lot packed into here. There is the woman who'd been hemorrhaging and touches the fringe of his cloak. I am so reminded of the power of touch. And I wonder what exactly the collateral damage of the pandemic is where touch is part of that collateral damage, where touch is lost. I am so thankful for my family of two and a half. <laughs> we always count the dog as a half, which I know some people are like, he should be a full. But uh, for us, the dog has a different status in the family than the two humans do. I apologize if that offends you. But I'm so glad that it's... Jack and me and the dog, that we can hold each other. Even when Jack sits so close to me on the sofa that he's pretty much on top of me and I can barely move, I am thankful. I am thankful that when he's upset, he has in his sensory protocol to go pet the dog. I am so thankful. And I think of other people like my brother who, who are much more alone than I am should say of my many siblings that are more alone than I am and I and I I know that we are apart to keep us safe but 
what wounding are we doing by staying apart? And it makes me think even more about how we have become a touchless society. You know, we're afraid to touch each other, to hug or to place a hand on a shoulder. That is very offensive to some people. And how do we do that? How do we navigate a world where people are afraid of touch and also touch has the power to heal? And I think the answer is creating sacred space, right? But what do we do now? What do we do with touch that can be a transmission of something undesirable? And I don't have the answer, friends, but I think it needs prayed on. And then we have the story about Jesus healing Jairus' daughter. And when I get to this story today, all I can do is cry and ask God, why one child and not another? Why Jairus' daughter and not Andrew? And I don't understand. I have no platitudes. have no answers. I guess I'm really bereft of answers today in general, but I I think this one is absolutely apropos to cry out to God and to ask God why. I know that miracles happen every day but why not every child how can God bear to see even one child die too young and I know what is too young and a span of 10 years can be a fuller lived life than one of 70 I know this I know all of these things but it it does not ease the pain and grief. Even being grateful for the time that we had it doesn't answer the question. And I think it's true that we all would rather have loved and lost than never have loved at all with respect to our departed loved ones. And maybe it's because it's October and we're coming up on All Saints Day and, and there are a lot of, of memories here, but today I, I simply just wanna cry out to God, why? I want to allow the grief to come and to offer it all up to God. For those so terribly wounded by the pandemic, both its direct and its second and third order effects, those that we can't even see yet. And then just for all of the loss. There's been so much loss. I don't think our world was meant to have this much sickness. 
And I don't think it was just Adam and Eve that are the source of all sickness, but... But I know also that God takes all things, even terrible ravaging sickness and deep woundings, and works them for good. They become part of the transformative process. And so I guess my secondary prayer today is let us just see a little glimpse. I know your ways are far above our ways, God, and our human understanding just cannot conceive of the grandness, the immeasurableness of your plan. But give me just enough of a glimpse. Let my heart open wide enough to let healing in. I know that the ones we have lost our beloveds are with you are in that heaven that is the joining with you. And I know also that they are with us as we treasure them in our hearts. Draw near to me in my grief. Draw near to all of those who are grieving, O oh God. Be our comfort. Be our salvation. Be our miraculous healing. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our heart through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're going to use in places this in place of the suffrages this morning, the prayers of the people for the burial rite, found on page 79 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 3. Let us pray to God our Creator, saying, Holy One, hear us. Loving God, you have called your people together in the mystical body of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Holy One, hear us. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die daily to sin and rise to newness of life, and that we, with our Redeemer, may pass through the grave and gate of death to our joyful resurrection. 
Holy One, hear us. Grant to us who are still on our earthly pilgrimage and who walk as yet by faith, that your Spirit may lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days. Holy One, hear us. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sin and serve you with a quiet mind. Holy One, hear us. Grant that all of your children, increasing in the knowledge and love of you, may go from strength to strength in a new life of perfect service. Holy One, hear us. Grant to all of us who mourn a sure confidence in your tender mercy, that casting all our sorrow on you, we may know the consolation of your love. Holy One, hear us. Give courage to all who are bereaved, that in the days ahead we may hold fast to the comfort of a holy hope and joyful expectation of eternal life with those we love. Holy One, hear us. Help us entrust Andrew, Samuel, and all your children to your never-failing care and love. Receive them into the arms of your mercy and remember them according to the favor you bear for your people. Holy One, hear us. Let us keep silence as we remember those for whom we mourn. Creator of all, we pray for those we love but see no longer. Grant them your peace. Let light perpetual shine upon them. And, in your loving wisdom and gracious power, work in them the divine purpose of your perfect will. Through Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, that we might share your life. Amen. The Collect for this week, Proper 23. God, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A Collect for the Renewal of Life. O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace. 
that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Sovereign Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name. Amen. Friends, let us lift up, let us encircle and hold in the light those whom the Spirit has placed upon our hearts to do so. God, may we find holy adventure in the wildness of our own souls. May we seek you as our guide and our companion on the quest through the sacred story that is our life here on earth, God. May we seek your ways, your paths, your mountaintops, and may we be with you even in the valleys. God, come close to those who are grieving. Be our companion as we mourn. Comfort us with the knowledge that our beloveds are with you. Their joy is complete. Let us honor them. By holding close to our hearts, the joyous divine of their memories. Let us not push aside our grief, nor let us wallow in it. Let us walk through it with your grace. With the pain of grief become the transformation of love. Amen. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray... Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. 
And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live without fear. Our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.